Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. Is your favorite Uncle Silk? It's Dan. And Delatory. Top of the top. Monday morning. We're back at our regular time. Same corner, same time. How y'all boys feeling, man? Felt better, you know. I'm I'm battling a little bit of a head cold here. Uh, obviously, didn't like what we saw on Saturday, but yeah, I'm with you. We're gonna break it down and get get into yeah. it. Um, Nick, you was out there in Jacksonville. What was the vibes out there in, in Duval for the cocktail party? Um, good crowd. I couldn't tell if like Florida fans were like seriously confident or just like going into the game confident. Um, everyone on the Georgia side that I talked to seemed to like just dismiss the game as like a formality. Um, but I mean, it's always good vibes. Baseball on Friday night, mm. Florida got a win. Elite tailgating. Very nice. Very nice. What, um, what, Nick, what was up with them replacing the, uh, the field turf on Tuesday? I think they did it Monday and then realized that it, it didn't take or it wasn't, mm working but at that mm -hmm. point so i don't know why they did it obviously they have a bunch of jags games the jags were away yeah maybe thinking they had a chance and but yeah i don't, I don't know it, it did not look good yeah and it also uh i think shamar had some pregame shenanigans and and mm -hmm. you know some injury that may have been he was already dealing with some stuff but i know he had some issues pregame with the side um that made him a little bit more limited I seen it seemed like it was good vibes as far as you know the tailgate mm -hmm. shenanigans, a lot of good, you know, imagery videos on on the socials. Um people went out there and had themselves a good time. Mm -hmm. Uh for the most part. I wish that I was out there. Win, lose, or draw is, is still a, a great vibe. I'm definitely mm -hmm. pulling up next year and enjoying myself. But um the outcome wasn't what we thought it would be. And we could get into it and break that down. Overall, my weekend was pretty cool. I ended up watching the game in the car while my son's having his uh he decided to throw a bike ride, a ride out with a bunch of kids from Ryan. So he had like 50, 60 kids that pulled up and they rolled around the neighborhood to different parks and, and whatnot. So I was kind of chaperoning that from the car and watching the game on the iPad, just vibing and kicking it. Um, but overall, good weekend. The weather has been beautiful. South Florida's participating in fall. So it's good vibes. How was your weekend, Dan? It was good. Uh, like I said, I've been dealing with a little bit of a head cold. So um 
Friday night, we went out to dinner uh, with some friends for a birthday. Uh, Saturday was was very low key. Stayed in. Glad that I did as well. Um, let's stop shooting people. There was a, a shooting in Ebor uh, Saturday night, Sunday morning here. I think 18 people, 17 people were shot. Um, let's stop shooting people. Uh, just as a, a country, that would be great. Uh, yesterday, just uh, just vibed around a little bit. Weather was good, so so walked around. There's like a there was an art installation thing here called Water Leashed that we went to, so that was pretty cool. But uh, you know, very low key weekend. So hopefully, getting over this cold by uh, by today or tomorrow and back at it again. Yeah, I've seen that. Man, every time I wake up, there's like either war or mass shooting or some mm -hmm. type of shootings going on it's a lot that dissect and process on a daily basis but uh, unfortunate situations out there ebor people trying to enjoy halloween and whatever holidays it may be but people trying to enjoy themselves and you know it's always some type of conflict of some sort it seems but mm -hmm. uh, nonetheless man uh, halloween is what tomorrow you got any co your boys got costumes no costumes for me this time oh man no i, I came gonna... back from jacksonville and the wife had bought uh mini cheese balls that's all we have to hand out to trick-or-treaters and i looked at her i was like what? She's like, yeah, I, got, I got this for for the trick-or-treaters i was like we can't be that house so at some point today i gotta go remedy that situation i had a neighbor when i was a kid he used to hand out peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and i was just like what is wrong with this lady bro? what i never <laughs> had that I that that, cut bro. in half man we had the houses that would hand out like dimes or pennies but never had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or cheese balls. My favorite house trail mix one time, but Eesh, that's nasty work. Yeah. My I don't need your stinky hands touching my cheese balls. You know what I mean? Or any balls that them of that matter. <laughs> Yo. Yeah. You, go buy your stuff on Manscaped. That uh, promo code still works. It does. Yeah. Oh, shout out to that, bro. Shout out to Manscaped for holding us down. My favorite house to go to is the house that leaves the bowl outside with all the candy in it. Yeah. Well, now with these ring cameras and everything else, though, I have to be honest. Yeah, you have to be honest with the ring cameras now. You know. Yeah. I guess we got to talk about football. People's candy. But I think that that's what they want, right? Somebody to come in, somebody to take a couple, then one person dump it all, and be like, oh, "Well, sorry, it's all gone." That's it for today. That's it. That's it. So. All right, well, let's uh, let's talk about the game. Uh, obviously, uh, Gators lose and suffer defeat. But before we do that, let's give a quick shout-out to our friends over at the Gatorverse. Go visit Gatorverse.io. That's G-A-T-A-V-E-R-S-E.io. Go support NIL initiatives for University of, uh, University of Florida student-athletes. Uh, right now, they are doing a big uh, uh, digital and physical card with uh, – Travis or Trevor Etienne, pardon me, uh, with the gymnastics program, the men's basketball program, the women's basketball program. So go check it out again, Gatorverse.io, Gatorverse.io. All right, gentlemen, Gators lose 43 to 20. The Gators march down the field, uh, score a quick seven uh, after receiving the ball first. And then after that, the wheels started to come off a little bit. Um, just kind of give me your overarching thoughts on the, uh, on the game. So we'll start with you. I mean, it all started, I mean, first drive, shout out to the first drive. Clearly, mm -hmm. clear, clearly they practiced that for like the whole bye week. Right. Um, went down smooth, like knife going through a butter. 
Trey Wilson, super explosive. It pretty much the, the first drive was featured with him. You know, he made that whole mm -hmm. thing go. Um, so in my mind, like, man, great start. We talked about like how starting early was going to be important to this team. Uh, UGA get the ball, they go drive. Defense holding to three and seven mm -hmm. three. So I'm just all right. It's still a good start. We get the ball back. Hopefully, we can go get seven more. Um, before that second drive, I, I sent out a tweet. It was like, hey, we don't need trick plays. Um, mm -hmm. We were getting like seven to pop in the run game, six, seven, you know, a pop. Uh, Trey Wilson was, was a problem in the headache, whether it was going out for a pass or whatever, when he was going in motion, whatever it was, we, we seemed to have them off balance. I didn't thought we, I didn't think we needed trick plays whatsoever. Uh, nonetheless, we come out and, and it was two trick plays, I think, that set us back and threw the game off the, the train tracks. Uh, the double, the reverse with Trey mm -hmm. Wilson, I think they was overthinking it, you know. Um, maybe in the prep, they thought, oh, after hitting Trey Wilson a few times, you know, they'll be zeroing in on him and we could toss something to Ricky with the reverse. But that was a a, a risky toss. Uh, we ended up getting a, a loss of a couple. That set us back a little bit. And then the fourth and inches, which was a, a, a whatever, you could you could debate the spot. Um, but mm -hmm. you come back, you're fourth and inches on the 30, uh, with your back against the wall. If, if you go for it here on fourth down, they go for it with a, with a crazy play of snapping in between Merck's legs. I see the ball fly through his legs. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> ETN catches it. Uh, he's trying to attempt to pass. Way too much shenanigans uh, in that situation. Mm -hmm. um, if that play doesn't work, you're giving up three points regardless. Like, there's no getting past it. You're giving up points there. Uh, we end up giving up seven. So, an incredible swing. At that time, it was 10 3. Uh, mm -hmm. you, you give them seven and it goes 17 3. So, I just, I, these coaches, man, they got to, you got to make it a little bit more simpler and go with what works. Uh, Trey Wilson should have kept getting fed until they couldn't stop him. Um, I should have mm -hmm. seen more all this Bordenham getting playmakers the ball. It was just the game plan I thought started off fine, but the game went off tracks at the fourth and inch mark. Mm -hmm. And everything else was down here from there. We never bounced back. Yeah, I know some people that were at the game. You can't really tell 100% when watching the game, but uh, that Eugene Wilson started to get bracketed uh, starting on that like second drive. Um, so, so the opportunity for him might not have been there as much. Um, you know, my, my, I a hundred percent agree on the fourth down call. Um, if the play works out, everybody's like, Oh, wow, that worked out. That was great. Um, it was just a little too cute and Georgia knew that it was coming, right? You have to get a half a foot, right? So just, just go try to push that ball forward. Nobody's going to be upset. If you miss that, nobody's gonna be like, Oh, wow. I wish we would have done, you know, a weird trick play here to try to make it work and go longer. Now, you know, again, hindsight's twenty twenty. If it worked out, you, you know, Bricky Pearsall could still be running for a touchdown right now, but it just kind of sucks. Yeah, I just yeah. wanted to punt because it puts you, it puts you <laughs> in just a terrible situation. Yeah. And, and you know, you want to be around for four quarters in a game. You're playing the number one team in the country. It's about just surviving the moments, man. You're not going – even if we got that first down, like what do you achieve? You still got to go march 70 yards to get – to get a touchdown or even to get in the field goal range, you still got a long ways to go. So yeah. risk versus reward just wasn't there for me in that in that instance. Mm -hmm. I wanted a punt. Mm -hmm. Oh, that sounds beautiful. More punting. Yeah, that's your bag, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't hate the call. Um, you've got an RPO, and I, I think all week you have to tell and make your team believe that our good is good enough. Our best is good enough. Even though if we're being honest, the rosters are not equal. 
Mm -hmm. Um, And then some of those play calls to me is Billy knowing that like, Hey, we have to go for it early in our own territory on fourth. Hey, we have to try to do some kind of trick play. Also like if Georgia knows you're trying to quarterback sneak or are going to hand the ball off on fourth and inches, are you confident that you, that you're going to get that? Um, Mm -hmm. I don't hate the, I don't hate the, the play call. Georgia played it perfectly. Uh, right. Ricky, Ricky gets covered, and then it's just one guy. Like if, if mm-hmm. you make if if ETM makes that guy miss, he's picking up the first. This is yeah. just like Georgia just made the play. Um, I get, it, it is cute. It is cute. Yeah. I get that. It, it is cute. Listen, I I, I I I like the Eagles like the brotherly shove. Give me an extra lineman. Put a fullback in there. Let's play Smash Mouth football. I love that. But like I didn't I didn't hate the call. Uh, as much as I saw, it definitely was cute. I don't know if you need to get cute, but I think Billy was calling plays as if we have to take advantage of any opportunity that we can. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. same thing, but then that you brought up the uh, that reverse like you can't get behind the sticks against Georgia, so mm-hmm. like you lose yards on first, like that. As soon as that play happened, I'm like, this drives over, unless you can get a big chunk play on second, this drives over. Um, it, it's kind of like what I said going into the game, like Florida had to play a damn near perfect game and have Georgia make mistakes to have a chance to win. Georgia didn't make mistakes. Florida made a couple. Um, and, and then it's just the lines of scrimmage are, are just not the same. Yeah. And I mean, giving the ball in short field is, is hard. Right. Yeah. And they score on short it's field insane, you know, a few times. So, you know, with that, you know, Silk, I think you make a good point about punting, right? But, you know, ultimately you give them a couple of opportunities to go less than 50 yards to score a touchdown, and they do that, then you're just going to be playing from behind. They gave up, what, 36 straight points? Yeah. 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 So, I don't think you have to play perfect. I think you just got to play, like, you got to go by the rules of football. Like, football has rules <clears> and guidelines, bro, and going for it, on your own 30 to the mm-hmm. number one team in the country. We're not fucking Charleston Southern, you know, like we're SEC football program. This is a rivalry game Like you survive until the fourth quarter. I, th- I think they didn't respect just the laws of football. Georgia going to go get points there regardless. Like you're not putting your team in a position. Coaches are supposed to put their, their players in positions to win. And mm-hmm. you're not putting your team in a position to win the game. Like I said, even if you got the first down, you still not even field goal range. You right. can still like in the next three downs, like not make a first down, have to punt anyway. Just risk versus reward just wasn't there. It was bad coaching. Um, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see a need for that that early in the game. Right. Yeah. So and that's so, where we. That's where the game went off the tracks. Like, it, yeah, we never, we never bounced back from that moment. Mm-hmm. It kind, of, yeah, it kind of snowballed from there. But to me, like I wrote this after the game, I was like, that the game wasn't lost there. The game was lost over the last seven years when Georgia just stacked elite recruits and elite recruiting classes while Florida just like middled and just had whatever classes like that. That's to me what you're chasing. It's tough. You can't like it's not a video game. You can't pause Georgia and what they're doing. You have to beat Georgia on the recruiting trail like LJ McRae. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes you uh, will say, Oh, he had offers from Alabama, Georgia, FSU, and maybe he wasn't a, a recruit wasn't a take at those schools. To me, 
you have to continue beating Georgia for guys like LJ McCray, guys that they really want, guys that can come in and make an impact right away. Mm-hmm. Those are the recruiting battles you have to win to then be able to compete in Jacksonville. Right. And, they, and, they, Vander- and they frankly just haven't been like, like the recruiting hasn't been good. It ain't just recruiting. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of coaching to be desired there because Vanderbilt sure. and South Carolina stayed in the game way longer. We was wiped out of the game right away after that fourth and inch play. And that was just flat out terrible coaching. Mm-hmm. Just, even with Austin Armstrong on defense, bro, like you got to give me something. That secondary is, is not it. You'll go with some younger boys. Like, we're, we're barbecue chicken on the back end. Like, though, nobody's making plays. Eight, three, show me some accountability. Somebody got to see the bench. Let me see the young boys, Jackson. Like, put Dijon in the game. Whoever it may be, bro, you just got to have accountability. 76 blocking, he's whiffing. Like, that yeah. comes down to accountability, benching somebody and, and growing that way. But sitting back, we watch Vanderbilt play this team tougher. We watch South Carolina play this team tougher. We came in, made a crazy coaching decision early, and it was mm-hmm. over from there, bro. On the team wasn't prepared as it should have been. Yeah, I think that that's where, in my mind, Florida's got to start making some some changes. And, and I don't know what all of those changes are. I don't know exactly how you switch some of those things on the offensive line, but you can't keep rolling out the same thing and expecting something's going to be different each and every week because it's not. There, there's been nothing eight games into the season, nine weeks into the year, that's proven that this is the offensive line that can help propel or that you're going to build your future off of. You've got to make some shifting and you've got to make some changes around. I mean, I've seen 76 get dummied for five games, six games this year. I just don't know, like, is Cam Waits ready to play 50 snaps? Like, there's there's not another option. Give him 15. There's not, there's like, there's not, if you're, if you want to make a wholesale change, like there's not another option at tackle unless you want to play Lindell Hudson. I'll take Lindell at this point. Like what was Lindell going to do with as well? Um, And I shot my guy, Chris in the comments. I, I, I hear everybody that's, that's talking Corey Raymond with the DBs, but those guys can't press. Like Marshall isn't a guy that's going to press and get nasty. Right. Like the guys he had at LSU. Jalen mm-hmm. Kimber is not getting nasty in the press. They're playing off ball. Another thing is our mm-hmm. pass rush as well. They're not getting home, so that affects my secondary as well. You got you got a secondary that can't get there with four. We send six, and they still not getting there. So the front seven not getting there. Mm-hmm. You got defensive backs that got to play off ball. They're not jamming and redirecting anything, so that that creates barbecue chicken. And when the mm-hmm. chicken's on the grill, everybody smell it, dog. Like you got to put some young boys that can reshift some things, put their hands on people, and cause some disruption in the routes. Um, but what what I'm seeing right now on the back end is older guys that aren't getting better. We're, we're midway through the season where the season is what it is. Pull the young boys in the game. Let me see what they could do. If they can make some plays on the back end. Um, I don't think Corey Raymond forgot how to coach DBs. I think the style of DBs we're, we're teaching and coaching with our pass rush, they can't get up and get physical and jam and miss because nobody's getting home in the front seven. So we got some things to fix. Uh, defense. Yeah. And, and he, and he inherited a lot of these guys, right? I mean, obviously there's the, the recruits that he brought in, but, you know, Jalen Kimber, I know that they got early on, but that was, you know, from Georgia. Um, Marshall, the rest of them, right? Like outside of Jakeem Jackson, none of them are really their recruits, right? So you have to play for what they're good at, right? So yes, yes, Corey Raymond's the one putting them on the field. Yes, he's the one keeping them on the field. 
but also we're, we're just saying that the style of coaching that he's used to and the style of player that Florida has right now are, are still growing together. Yeah. It's, 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 it's tricky because we got to get a, a pass rush. Uh, I don't know what the port is going to look like. This is a jump, jumping ahead a little bit, but you got to be able to get to the quarterback, bro. You know, and mm-hmm. we just we just haven't been able to get home all year. I know the PFF and shout out to Princely, he did have a solid game. Yeah, everybody was complaining about what he did, tweeting wise and throwing the week. Was he going to be focused? Maybe everybody else should tweet more because Prince Princely came in ready to play some football. I wish Jamar James was a little bit healthier. Scooby is is regressing a little bit in mm-hmm. my opinion. Um, linebackers is not looking like a natural position for him in the middle. He may just need to rush off the edge a little bit. But it's not looking natural for him to be standing in the middle and, and and doing the things that he's doing. So we have a linebacker issue. If Shamar is injured, then like who do we go with? Um Miguel Mitchell, not Miguel Mitchell, Taraja Mitchell. Um, well, he I think he's pretty decent in run fit. There's a lot to be desired getting sideline to sideline mm-hmm. with his speed. Uh same thing with Wingo. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing Manny Nunnery start getting some reps, but I think there's a reason why he hasn't been getting the reps. You know, a lot of times when you're buying on the depth charts for a reason, but linebacker, defensive, front seven, that, I mean, that secondary. linebacker was beat up too. Like, they're all injured. Um, But, yeah, like, Scooby, Scooby seems to, like, flash, but it's not consistent. Mm-hmm. Is, am I off base on that, or is that? Yeah, he's shown some promise this year here and there, mm-hmm. but – like you said, on a consistent basis, I think once he hit the Kentucky game, we started seeing the wheels fall off of him a little bit after that game. He he hasn't bounced back uh, from the first few games. Even in the Utah game, I thought he played well well to decent. But after the Kentucky game, it's just been, you know, regression. Yeah, I don't think we're – Got a good, got a good linebacker class coming in. So Yeah, a great yes, linebacker sir. class group coming in. Uh, Florida's going to probably need to address some uh, some additional needs there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the defensive line, I mean, that that's the hard part, right? We talk a lot about, you know, Silk, I know that you weren't saying that it was because of them, um, you know, but, but the defensive backs and them doing their job, you know, relies very heavily on the, uh, the ability to create pressure and to get to the quarterback. And we're just not seeing it. And I don't know what it is. Um, I think we're, you know, certainly missing, missing justice Boone uh, and then Antoine Powell. Um, you know, who's, he's, who's he's doing well at Virginia tech. Yeah. Um, you know, they just don't have that edge rusher to be able to create those pressures and, it's it's disappointing. It's frustrating, but you know, I I think all of us knew that this year would be a rebuilding year. I think that we saw glimpses and saw hopes against Tennessee and stuff like that, where you're like, all right, maybe this could be a different year. But also, you know, they were slated to win five and a half games this year, and you know, Vegas doesn't build uh, massive casinos by being wrong very often. So, yeah, my overall view from the game, it just, it just went off at that point, bro. Yeah. Um, it's hard to come back. It's, it's hard to come back. Seven should have been – you should have got the ball to the playmakers. It seems like a, a lot of overthinking with mm-hmm. the play calling and, and how we distribute the ball and our targets to certain players. I, I thought it was very fairly simple of, of what we should have done. Um, Even in the run game, we didn't have to abandon the run game. We don't have to abandon the run game against anybody. Regardless of how our, our, our offense aligned, the complaints we have about it, they were getting pushed. Um, we still should have kept attacking the edge. Even on that fourth and inch play, the edge, was it was there. Like, we could have got outside that one guy made a play, but I thought we could have st- still kept the game manageable. 
you still like there's laws to football like i said earlier you still want to control the time possession mm -hmm. who's ever rushed uh for the most in this game traditionally has won it like it's just still laws of this thing that you gotta abide by and i thought we abandoned the basic laws of football way too early to, to be successful and to keep it a manageable game mm -hmm. yeah um we, I think we addressed everything. Is there anybody that you want to give their flowers to in this game? I thought they, the Russian Hell attacked no. them pretty well. No flowers. Jeremy Crosser had some nice punts. Mm -hmm. Trey Wilson uh, set a uh, Florida yeah. freshman single game record with 11 receptions. Him. Yeah. I thought Montreal Tyreek Johnson. had a good game. For, Montreal for Johnson, 82 yards, 9.1 yards per attempt. Um Trevor Etienne, seven point five yards per attempt. So, shout out to them. He got blown up by a, a blitzing linebacker. That I think that resulted in a sack or a ball thrown away. It's just like, gotta clean that up. When people are yelling like seven needs to be on the field more, needs to be doing this. Like you have to be able to protect the Correct. quarterback. If you yeah. go out there and you get blown up, or you're not blocking, or you're not, you don't know who to block. Great They're going to put somebody else in that that knows that. So yeah, um, yeah I think he's a great running back, but he's got to be more well rounded in that regard. Yeah, there's more to to playing a position than than uh, just carrying the ball. And if you only put him in to carry the ball, you're kind of tipping your hat to to the defensive coordinators on what you're doing. So you, you have to have him in there to, on passing plays, you know. So you're not tipping your hat on on what the hell you're doing. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, he he has to. He has to uh, pass pro better than that, you know. Um, another thing, too, my key to the game with our defense was just getting Carson Beck off of his mark. He was so comfortable. You know, mm -hmm. like Austin Armstrong, I don't care if your front four can't get there. As a defensive coordinator, you got to get to the quarterback. Mm -hmm. That you just there. got to. Like, what you dialing up got to be more exotic. got to be more confusing to that, to the offensive line, to the signal caller, whoever it may be. But what you dialing up ain't funky enough for me right now, bro. Like, we, I need you to get there if my front seven or my front four can't get there. Find a way to get exotic to get get the rush and get him off of his mark, get him uncomfortable. Our only chance at winning that game was Carson Beck, strip sacks, interceptions, and making him uncomfortable. And we just didn't do that at all. Mm -hmm. I think they've only given up six sacks all year. That's nuts to me. Why they undefeated? Six That's sacks really in the entire year. Really good line. Yeah. Um, we've got Andrew Hutchinson waiting for us. Any final thoughts on the uh, the Florida Georgia game? No, nah, man. It's, it, it's a bill, you know. Um, I didn't. If you're realistic and been watching college football, if you're heartbroken after this game, then you're just you know unaware, <laughs> right? But Georgia is is loaded. They have a better staff. We talked about this. They they have a better. They have a championship caliber staff. They have champ, championship caliber depth. Not making any excuses. That's just plain and simple. Like you're not gonna win because you have an alligator logo and your your favorite colors are orange and blue. You gotta go out there with better players and a good staff and execute. And you know our staff isn't on point. Like nobody on Saban Tree is calling that fourth in the inch right there. Like Saban mm -hmm. was been cursing from the, the press box on punting the fucking ball. And I just thought we should have punted the ball. We'll, we'll probably still lose the game, right? We'll still lose, mm -hmm. but. You keep it more manageable. You keep your team engaged in it mentally. Keep mm -hmm. their faith and their morale high. Once you lose that, they go get seven. Team morale is gonna drop, bro. Like, and why are we yeah. getting so desperate this early in the game? Do we not believe we can win this? Like, all that mentality plays a part. 
nothing rallies a team like punting. All right. Well, with that, maybe. we are going to bring in Andrew Hutchinson. Uh, before we do that, let's give a quick shout out to our friends over at Homefield Apparel. Go visit homefieldapparel.com. Use promo code Stadium and Gale at checkout. Uh, it is the holiday shopping time, so you can go get your favorite uh, loved one, spouse, friend, uh, relative, any number. I believe it's about a hundred now. College and university uh, retro. Uh, logo shirts. Uh, the University of Florida has about 20, uh, including a really cool starter jacket looking thing. So go check out homefieldapparel.com, promo code Stadium Gale at checkout. We'll give you 15% off of your order. And with that, we welcome Andrew Hutchinson to talk a little bit about Arkansas football. Andrew, thanks for joining. Yeah, anytime, guys. All right, Andrew. So, start. Uh, Go ahead, man. Um, Florida fans don't know much about Arkansas. They just see two and six. And then when I look at some of the games, lose to Alabama by three, uh, kept LSU probably to like their lowest point total. Um, what has happened to Arkansas? I think when we see the quarterback coming back and, and you see them preseason, you think, hey, this is going to be a tough physical football team. You have an experienced quarterback. What has led to the record that they bring to Gainesville this week? Yeah, I mean that's that's a it's a loaded question. I'll, I'll do my best to answer it. Um, you know, of the of the six losses, five have been by one possession, so they've been mm. really really close. Now, Arkansas fans are sick and tired of hearing that they're close. They uh, want those to turn into wins, uh, understandably so, because that's kind of been uh, kind of the I guess the calling card of um, you know the the Sam Pittman. Uh, era is like close losses. I think they're, I want to say like four and 14 or five and 14 or something like that in one possession games. Not a good record. Uh, as far as this year is concerned, though, it, it's really been just a totally inept offense, uh, which is crazy to say when you got KJ Jefferson coming back, who has been a tremendous quarterback during his time here at Arkansas, probably going to hold every major quarterback record in school history by the time the season's over. Uh, but I think a lot of it has to do with the offensive coordinator change. You know, Kendall Bryles left, uh, took the job at TCU. They bring in Dan Enos, a completely different mm. offensive coordinator, completely different system. And it just was an absolute utter failure. And Sam Pittman admitted as such whenever he fired him during the bye week. So uh, going to have a different offensive coordinator. They promoted wide receivers coach Kenny Guyton. Uh, to that role. Uh, he's never called plays before, so calling plays in the swamp is going to be the first time he's called plays before. Uh, but uh, it's it's something different. You know, he's a he was a Kenny or he was a Kendall Bryles assistant. So maybe we see a little bit of Kendall Bryles out of this offense moving forward. But you know, these first eight games, the offense was just abysmal to 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 put it to put it lightly. Yeah, I like Dan Enos for y'all. I wish he was still there. <laughs> Florida fans are familiar with him. Failed from, uh, up in his Miami. career like Dan Enos has. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I was talking with um, with Andy Staples about this after the Florida Georgia game, and we were thinking nobody knows. Probably you guys don't even know Hutch. Like, what is the offense going to look like? And and Arkansas gets a bye week last week to kind of work it in. But if you're Florida's defensive staff. Guys never called plays. It's going to be, I'm guessing, very different. Um, how does Florida prepare for that? And I guess we're guessing 
that, hey, he's an Art Briles uh, coaching tree guy, so maybe something like that? You know, that was my kind of initial thought was like, hey, maybe we'll see some Kendall Bryles type, you know, plays. But Sam Pittman has been adamant saying like, we're going to keep the same playbook, you know, but they're just going to simplify it. That's, you know, kind of one of those buzz things you say in football when things aren't going well, we got to simplify the playbook. Uh, don't know how much they've simplified it. I don't know what they've cut and everything, but they're just going to uh use the same plays because it would be really hard to install an offense in 12 days, you know, an entire offense that that would sure. be really unrealistic. But uh, I do think that you're going to see some more tempo. You're going to see maybe just some, some aspects of, you know, the offense that we haven't really seen, you know, they Arkansas dropped back 29 times against Mississippi state and they simply put, do not have the offensive line to protect KJ Jefferson for 29 dropbacks. Sam Pittman said that number needs to be more like eight to 10 dropbacks. And they just weren't doing what he was hoping to see the offense do to kind of overcome some of their weaknesses, which includes the offensive line. Uh, and so I think that maybe played a role into it. But yeah, it, it's not going to be a total Kendall Browse offense, but I do think there might be just a little bit of, of that there. Plus, I also think there's a little bit to just kind of the, the mental spark it could provide the offense. Like, hey, you know, this guy's gone. We got a new guy. I mean, Kenny Guyton's a young guy. I think he's only like 32, 33 years old. Uh, he's never called plays before, but he was a quarterback at Ohio State. So he's kind of called plays before. Uh, he was a backup mostly. Uh, so I think that it's just a very, very interesting situation that has made this Florida game to me a lot more interesting than it would have been otherwise. I got a question for you. Sam Pittman is a legendary offensive line coach. How, how does he end up with a porous <laughs> offensive line out there in Arkansas? You just asked the question that every Arkansas fan has been asking me all season. And I, to be quite frank, don't have a good answer. Uh, you know, they, they've got what should be a really solid interior offensive line, guys that are, are veterans. I mean, Josh Braun's a guy that Florida fans should remember. Uh, he's had a pretty solid year at, at uh, I believe, right guard and, and left guard. You've got Brady Latham, who's been here for a million years. Bo Limmer slides over to center. He's been here for a million years. Uh, it's just the the tackle spots have been young guys. You know, you've got a redshirt freshman starting at left tackle uh, who I think is a promising player, but is he ready to start in the SEC as a redshirt freshman? Probably not. Um, and then, uh, so it, it's been a little bit of a, a little bit of a challenge there. You know, Patrick Kudis is the right tackle. He's a true sophomore who did not play much offense at all last year. So you got basically two first time guys playing at the two tackle spots. Uh, and I think that's played a role in it. You know, would you have liked to see somebody have somebody else ready to kind of develop? Yes, they have had a few injuries. Some old, so a little bit older guys, inexperienced older guys, albeit, uh, have been injured. So that's played a role into it. But still, you, you would not expect Arkansas to be just this bad on the offensive line, not just from a protection standpoint, but they have not been able to run the ball either. Hmm. Uh, there was some smoke about maybe the players saying they didn't want to play for Enos. Like, what's the overall – what's up with that situation, the overall morale of the team? Do we have a split locker room here? I need – listen, Andrew, I need a win this weekend. I need to get Bo <laughs> eligible, and you guys are primed for the picking, man. So I'm trying to get all, all the science, man, what's going it, on out there. It feels like like the stretch that Florida has coming up is like their gauntlet. Like, Arkansas has gone through their gauntlet already. Ole Miss right. – Alabama, LSU, like this is 
this is their vacation time. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that Florida is a vacation, but like they went through their tough part of the schedule. Florida, I think Arkansas might be the only game they'll be favored in, you know, uh, odds yeah. wise the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean, I think that's exactly right. The, the tough stretch is over. You really thought the easy stretch began before the bye week in Mississippi State, and defense showed up, you know, held them to seven points, but was not enough to win, which is crazy to think. Uh, but I, I don't think that – I think that they 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 lost – I think that the phrase Sam Pittman used about Danny Enos was that the offense lost its spark. And, and mm. I think that's kind of a, a damning statement if you're the offensive coordinator. Like, how, how does that happen, especially when you've got – a guy like KJ Jefferson, and you've got guys around him that should be, uh, you know, a, a competent offense at least. Uh, and they've just been everything but that. Uh, but I don't think the locker room has really split. I mean, cause just look at the margins of these games. I mean, mm-hmm. some, some Arkansas fans have, they, they just forget. I think sometimes they, they're like, Oh, this is like a Chad Morris season all over again. It's not that. I mean, it's not good by any means. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it is. Two and six is not good, but it's not like the two and ten Chad Morris years where you're losing by 40 points every game. You're losing by three, seven, you know, margins like that. Um, so it's not quite that bad. To me, that tells me the team has not let go of the rope. Now, they could very well go down to the swamp this weekend and lose by four touchdowns, and it's like, okay, they've let go of the rope. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that just – Knowing Sam Pittman, that that has not happened during his four-year tenure here. They they have not let go of the rope for him very many times. They've they've had a couple of blowout losses, but it's been to you know national championship Georgia teams or national championship Alabama team in in year one. So uh, I think they're still fighting for him. And plus, I think they're going to be. I mean, these this last four-game stretch here is really critical for Sam Pittman. You know, if Mm -hmm. if he's going to keep his job, they don't necessarily have to to win every game. I mean, they can't lose to FIU. Uh, but as, even if they lose these last three SEC games, Florida, Auburn, Missouri, as long mm, as they're competitive. Rough, dude. Still a gullet there. It's, it's not easy. But if, as long as you're competitive, I think he kind of keeps his job, gets another year, gets a chance to hire another offensive coordinator. But if they let go of the rope and they get blown out on all these games, it could be a really tough decision for Hunter Yurichek to have to make after the year. Mm-hmm. Andrew, I didn't want an offensive line coach. I want to shuffle some things at my at my. I was just about to say school, that Florida so. fans have been trying to fire their two offensive line coaches and I'm hoping that kidding. Sam Pittman gets fired. For sure, <laughs> that's, that's been that's been in the works in the in uh, in the Florida fan base for for like a yeah. month now. <laughs> yeah, our message board insiders and his agent are already talking. You know, <laughs> I think um, Texas A and M fans are the same way. <laughs> Jimbo could get fired too. So let's see, uh, Andrew. I know you said defense is, um, you know, obviously played played pretty well. I've not watched a ton of Arkansas. I watched them against uh, Alabama, and they looked okay. Uh, who are some names? What are the strengths? What are the deficiencies uh, on the defensive side of the ball? Yeah, Travis Williams has really worked wonders with the the defensive side of the ball. Uh, they're not the eighty five Bears by any means. They're not an elite college off or defense even. Uh, but last year they were abysmal. I mean, they were near the bottom. They, they ranked dead last in pass defense last year, uh, and they have been far and away better than that. Uh, they're at least, at, at worst, an average you know college defense. Uh, and really, I would say they're a, a, a borderline good defense. Uh, they, they've been putting some really bad spots by the offense, giving them you know short fields to work with, and they've done a really good job of, you know, 
limiting them to field goals at, at times and things like that. But they've also had some la- lapses. They're, they're still, I think, one of the maybe the biggest issues is they're still subject to the big play. Uh, I think that hit them uh, in the in the Alabama game particularly is like they would they would be really good really good they have them in third and fifteen and then boom seventy five yard touchdown yeah. and it's just like man like what you just got to make one more play and you get off the field and I think they've had an issue with that you know there's been some busts in the coverage uh, in the coverages on the back ends uh, I I really think their strength is probably up front you know they don't have Again, an elite defensive line, but they've got a pretty good and deep defensive line. They've got a couple of defensive ends and Landon Jackson and Trajan Jeffcoat, who I think are, are pretty good. And, and you've got to usually pick like, okay, which one are we going to try to stop? And then the other one has a really good game. We saw Jeffcoat have a really solid game against Ole Miss. And then Landon Jackson goes and has one of the better games I can remember an Arkansas defensive end having against Alabama. Uh, and they were he really picked on that, that young left tackle that they have uh, there in Alabama. So uh, I think that's probably maybe the strength. And they've got a couple of good linebackers too, especially when they're healthy. Uh, Pooh Paul uh, is, is a, I think, a, a really good linebacker. Jaheim Thomas, I believe, maybe not after this past weekend because they were off, but I think before this past weekend he was leading the SEC in tackles. Uh, so he, he can really fly around the field, make plays. So I think maybe that, that front, I guess people say front seven, but really it's more like a, a front six. Uh, that that group of guys is maybe their strength, uh, and the the secondary has made plays before. You know, especially if Dwight McLeathern, uh, their preseason All SEC corner, is healthy. He's missed the last couple of games with a concussion. Uh, if he's healthy, uh, then I think they're a a decent secondary, much improved from last year. But again, very low bar to clear there. Um, and so, that, but they're still again susceptible to that 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 big play that that can you know they're they're almost ready to get out the field and then they they give up the 75-yard touchdown. Hmm. Six-and-a-half point is what the spread is right now coming into Gainesville. Sounds about right. I would I would probably lean toward Florida. Um, I just don't I, – I, the, the mystery is the offense. What's the offense going to look like? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I would love to know just kind of how they come out, you know, after the first drive or two. I'd really have a better feel for it. But – I mean, the Swamp is not an easy place to play. Traditionally, Arkansas has struggled down there, mm-hmm. uh, never won down there. Uh, so I would lean toward Florida covering, winning by you know a touchdown or two. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know who knows? I I, I keep thinking this offense is going to have a good game at some point. I just I don't know if it's going to happen in Gainesville. Yeah, noon kickoff in the Swamp. We wearing black jerseys. They do not glow. But we'll, we'll see what it is. I'm gonna be in town. Um, but you guys, I got, I got more questions. I just don't want to. Yeah, yeah. What, What's up with it? Has there been a, a theme? Um, I mean, obviously you mentioned the um, big plays. That's not really uh, Florida's offense. Um, has there been a, a theme? Something you can point to in all these losses outside of you know just those giving up explosive plays and, and then not being able to run and and how can eight games in now, not going into game nine, how can you say, hey, we're we're dropping back to pass 19 times. We need to flip that whole thing. How do you do that in November? That's a good question. Um, they, I mean, the, the crazy thing was we, we, we talked to Sam Pittman last week, uh, the day after he fired Dan Enos, and he kind of was talking about what, what went wrong and everything. And 
it, it really sounds like Danny Enos was really kind of stubborn with what he wanted to do and wasn't doing everything Sam Pittman wanted him to do. I mean, he wanted to move the pocket some and, uh, you know, run certain plays and they just, they would practice them and, but they wouldn't happen in a game. And there was at one point where, you know, one of the, another reporter asked Sam like, Hey, what you said you wanted to move the pocket, but it didn't happen. What, what happened there? And Sam Pittman basically shrugged his shoulders and was like, we practiced it. Didn't go mm. happen in a game. And to me, I was like, okay, well, that's probably why they made a change at the offensive coordinator. He's not doing what that coach wants him to do. So maybe if they start doing these things that they are supposedly practicing, uh, that would maybe help. Um, you know, but as far as like a, a common theme, I mean, it really to me has been Arkansas's inability to run the football. I, I that's that's probably the most surprising thing about this whole season is they have been just terrible probably their worst rushing attack at Arkansas since 1997 uh, statistically. And you've got a quarterback that can run. So defenses hmm. have to account for him, which should help the running game too. So it'll be interesting. Um, I I hope Florida will have a good crowd at noon. They've been waiting for black jerseys, been waiting for black jerseys for like 30 years. Uh, and then the sec says, cool, here's a nooner. <laughs> And nothing gets folks more excited than a two and six opponent. You know, I mean that. <laughs> Any win is a positive around here, Andrew. And we got we got to get a win. I think it'd be a decent crowd. Twelve noon is tough for us, but I think the fans are still engaged somewhat. Yeah, uh, we're not detached at all right now. So I think it'd be a good crowd. We'll see where we at with it. Uh, what was well, the it was, biggest? It was announced as a sellout last week. Yeah, we lie. We lie about sellouts all the time. So that's absolutely <laughs> true. Yeah. Everyone does. What was uh, KJ Jefferson's biggest struggle? The only, one thing that popped out, I look at you guys, you know, games this fall, the Mississippi game, which I haven't watched yet, just to be fair with you, but to see it was 7-3, with, that just stuck out like a sore thumb. Like, what is KJ Jefferson's biggest struggle right now in, in the offense's biggest struggle with just trying to generate offensive points? Three points is is, is insane to me. And they really shouldn't have scored three points. I mean, they, the defense had an interception that put them in really good field position, and they really only moved the ball a little bit before they kicked a field goal. So uh, it was almost a shutout. But, yeah, that, that Mississippi State game was probably K.J. Jefferson's worst game of his career, to be quite honest. Um, he didn't have a lot of time, you know, because of the offensive line breakdowns and stuff like that. So that played a little bit into it. But even when he did, he just was really off accuracy wise. I mean, really off missing his wide receivers by a good, by quite a bit. Um, that's usually not what we've seen from him. He's usually been a pretty accurate passer. Uh, mm -hmm. Past two years, he's had two of the highest completion percentages in school history. Now, part of that is scheme. He is, you know, was excellent in Kendall Bryles' system. Uh, and I think maybe, but I, I think with him more than anything, and Sam Pittman has even said this, is that it's a mental thing at this point. You know, there he's he's been hit so many times this year that he's just, it's gotten in his head. And, and he hasn't run like he usually has in the past. Um, and he's getting, you know, sacked all the time. Uh, there's been plays where he should have been sacked, but he's been able to throw people off and, and make plays happen. So we've still seen the KJ Jefferson of, of last year and the year before. It just hasn't been as often, and, and I really do think that it's a big mental thing for him behind that offensive line and uh, you know having to do everything. Everything is on his shoulders because they haven't been able to run the ball uh, as mm -hmm. well as you'd like them to. So I, I really think that's the probably the biggest factor with K.J. in his season so far. 
Definitely an interesting game to watch. Boys, any more questions? No, I don't have a lot of questions, man. Um, you know, traveling wise, it's just I'm, I'm very hopeful with this game. I'm cautiously hope, hopeful, but what what I'm seeing just on paper with the lack of playmakers in Arkansas's offense, um, them changing offensive coordinators and trying to figure things out on the fly here, even with a bye week, having to travel, we have the home field here. It's like zero excuses to to lose this game um, mm -hmm. for Billy Napier and the guys. They should go in uh six and a half points sounds like really good money to win right there uh we're, we're starting to find playmakers um while we don't have the most explosive offense in sec grand mercy's is accurate he's gonna hit the, the throws that we need him to, th to hit to move the sticks we found trey wilson who's uh had one of the best freshman games as a freshman and and as far as receptions and he, he just looked super explosive versus georgia um, so i expect him to be on the scene um artist Bordenham, uh, Trevor Etienne, we have playmakers in the offense, which is super young. And our offensive line, why you, you say your defensive line is, is is one of your strong spots. One of our, one of our weaknesses is definitely offensive lines. Um, I just need everybody to show up, make it loud for KJ. Yeah, they seem Grammy to be struggling with communication and whatnot, and 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 moving the offense. So a home field, a true home field advantage, should be enough for us to wrap this up and get a get bowl eligible. Mm -hmm. okay, Graham and uh, KJ have been. Uh, frequent cold tub post uh, Sunday cold tub guys, both mm -hmm. getting hit. Um, yeah. I think the biggest question will be um, like, we have no idea what the offense is going to be. And that includes Florida's defensive staff. So uh, you're probably going to have to go in with a plan to be flexible and, and to be able to adjust on the fly to uh, whatever you see on Saturday. Cause I, I don't know that. I don't know that you can know what Arkansas is going to run. Well, he, he said they're keeping the, the same playbook, so I hope Armstrong is listening. You know, they're simplifying it, running with some pace. Shout to Andrew; he gave us the he gave I'm us sure, the science. I'm sure Austin Armstrong's in uh, in the chat. He should be, man. <laughs> he is. You know, uh, new new. Uh, you can't let. Well, Austin Armstrong is a young boy, right? He's he's doing his thing. I think the youngest defensive coordinator in the country, if not definitely SEC. But a guy that hasn't called plays before, you know, he takes the 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 book. And he started doing his thing after a bye week. You gotta be licking your, your lips and you know, ready to pause, licking your lips and ready to make something happen here a little bit. Maybe I don't know why I said licking your lips. That's great. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, I made it. I, I made it awkward, man. Yeah, you're good. Good. Um, Andrew, let everybody know where they can follow you. Yeah. So if you want to follow me on Twitter, uh, I'm at NWA Hutch. Uh, you can follow me there. I post all of my work there. Uh, we're also, I write for bestofarkansasports.com. We're a free website, no paywall. So if you want some, uh, a look kind of at the enemy this week, uh, you can go check us out there. We got Sam Pittman later today. So I'll have some coverage from his press conference, maybe a little bit more insight on what the heck this offense is going to look like. Uh, probably won't give away too many secrets though. Uh, but yeah, you can check me out there and, and, and NWA Hutch on Twitter. If uh if, if he loses out, do you think he get fired? I still got to hire O-line. So Silk is actively writing up a contract for Sam Pittman to come to Florida. <laughs> oh, for sure. 100%. And you know, honestly, I don't I don't know if, if if it doesn't work out at Arkansas, does Sam Pittman want to keep working? Because he's got a pretty nice buyout and he's got yeah. a lake mm. house here in Arkansas. So he may no just... better job in the world than fired power five football coach. Mm, that buyout money. Yeah. Exactly, sixteen million. If assuming they beat FIU, 
If they lose no, out, if they lose to FIU, then it drops to ten million. But I think he could get by on ten million. Let's go That's FIU. Six million dollar game, really. <laughs> it's a I like that game. clause. I like that clause. Putting like losing stuff into the clause, like bro, if you really stink, like this is what we gotta <laughs> <laughs> can't go out there incentivized being stinky. You know what I'm saying? You got to put Who's some type of clause. Said, in you there. owe us money. Yeah, 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 bro. That's funny. Hutch, right. I appreciate it and look forward to talking to you in February for baseball season. Hey, looking forward to it anytime, guys. Right, Thanks, Andrew. Talk to you soon. All right, gentlemen. Hey, y'all smash that like button. It don't call yeah, nothing hit the like love, button. man. What's wrong with y'all haters? We didn't lose the game Saturday. The team did. Yeah. Like, give us a like, bro. <laughs> I did my job. I know something. Nick, you did your job. Uh, cheer my ass bro, off, I man. felt like I was pretty positive after the game, too. Yeah. Um. All right, guys. Uh, let's uh, do one final ad spot, and then let's talk about this game a little bit. Uh, if you are in Gainesville, go visit Alumni Hall there on Archer Road, just east, I guess, of I-75. Right off of 75 there on Archer Road, uh, or go visit them on alumnihall.com. Anything that you'd want for Florida Gators, uh, apparel, golf polos, accessories, tailgating accessories, whatever it might be for the holiday season or to just get you by through the rest of football season, then into basketball, baseball, uh, track and field, etc. Go check out Alumni Hall on Archer Road or go visit them at alumnihall.com. All right, boys, Arkansas is two and six. Um, they have lost six straight games. They started off beating Western Carolina 56 to 13, then Kent State 28 to six. They then rattled off losses to BYU, LSU, Texas A&M, Ole Miss, Alabama, and lastly to Mississippi State where they lost seven to three. Offense hasn't looked great. Defense has looked okay. They've stayed relatively close in most games. BYU, they lost by seven. LSU by three. Texas A&M by 12. Ole Miss by seven. Alabama by three. And Mississippi State by four. Uh, guys, what are you hoping for, wishing for, uh, and expect out of this week? I think I think Silk kind of said the best. Like, you have to get a win this week. I don't yeah. know. I, I don't know what the mood would be what the rest of the season would look like with a loss. Um, I think Arkansas is probably better than their two and six record. When you look at how they played those games, they played LSU really tight, held LSU to like 34 points, um, scored uh, late against Alabama to make that a three point game. Um, but like Silk also said, I think Florida has got a more talented roster. Um, you, you need a gut check. Um, Think playing at home is better. The defense, I was looking at defensive stats on Saturday. Florida is, they say like elite defenses travel. Florida is, does not go across the street to Midtown. Mm -hmm. um, just bad on the road. Mm -hmm. uh, so you, you get you get a home game. Um, and, and like, I understand like rival fans will clown you on social media if Florida's in the Duke's Mayo Bowl or whatever bowl game that's going to be but it's important for these young guys mm -hmm. not to mention dj lagway will be able to practice scout team stuff but be able to get on campus and practice when he enrolls in december um so like you have to get you have to get a win here um because the rest of the schedule is, is tough it's hard 
Yeah. It's brutal. You only got one home game um, after this one. That's Florida State, the last game of the season. Uh, the way we match up is desirable. You know, this is, you know, like you said, I, I hope I got I had us at seven. So I, I, hopefully we can steal one of those three, you know, because um, we're going to be not favorite to win any of those. So you win this one, you get at six and you steal one and you possibly get at seven. It has you at five and a half, you know, a successful season. Um, but we, we'll see how it is. I, I want to see this team grow. You know, I expect them to play better because they just at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, we've seen them play a little bit better with South Carolina on the road. And, you know, we saw a little bit of growth in that fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just going last week, I'm not even going to put that on the players of what we saw last week. Some of it's on the players. It's not entirely on the coaches. But what made it go off the tracks and made them look totally unprepared and look like they just a team that can't play on the road was a lot to do with just the coaching decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, I expect them to bounce back this week. Um, I expect us to be able to go up top, get explosive. Keefe and Trey Wilson, you know, we got the week. You want to see him grow and get better. Wouldn't mind seeing more Trey Webb in my in my in my backfield a little bit. Uh, same thing with the on the defensive line. Give me young boys that that McClellan play him more, which is not mm-hmm. affecting the passer for like some of our guys are suited. Cam Jackson, those guys are suited to be run stuffers, mm-hmm. and we're not we're not affecting quarterbacks that drop back and pass. And KJ Jefferson has some abilities. He's like. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like Joe Milton without a tan, you know what I'm saying? Like he's super inaccurate, so that's gonna give us a lot of uh, possibilities for you know turnovers, interceptions, that type of stuff. Same thing with the, with the Tennessee game, so we'll have those type of vibes. But you can't let him get hot. You can't let him grow confidence out of nowhere. We got to get you know him on his back early and often, just to keep Arkansas feeling like the Arkansas, the two and sixteen they they mm-hmm. felt like all year. If you give them some hope on the road. Uh, they got a new offense coordinator. He said that those guys are still holding the rope for Sam Pittman. You got to come in and be a killer. Sam Pittman is not a seasoned head coach either, so there's no mm-hmm. excuses. They don't have a better staff than us, I would say, on paper mm-hmm. or anything like that. Zero excuses to lose this game, in my opinion. Yeah, Florida has uh, better talent, hopefully better coaching, uh, more to play home, for, right? Home field, yeah. Right, home field, playing for the veterans. Can't let the veterans down. I hope not. Uh, Nick, uh, let's get into an X factor. Who do you want the X factor on offense to be this week? I mean, I find it hard not to pick like Eugene Wilson every week. Um, so do it. He is the factor. He ain't the X factor. He is, he is the factor. He is the offense. In my opinion, you run it through him. Even the running backs. I love ET and all those guys. They're good guys. They they could play. Ricky Pearsall could play, but Mm -hmm. I think he makes it go. I didn't mean to cut you off. Finish your tape, bro. Sorry. I get excited about Trey. <laughs> um, I'll go with him. I, I mean, I could say Arliss. Like, if, if mm-hmm. you're listening to Hutch, um, they've got good ends. Like, you, you got to grow up. You got to be able to chip your guy. You, you can't just go out there being a receiver, playing, you know, uh, on the line. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think it could be him. Like, Florida needs to, like, opt. On tape, Florida is now forcing the ball to Trey Wilson. Not a bad strategy, right. uh, but on tape, forcing the ball to him. So you're going to see him get bracketed. You're going to see teams try to take him out. That opens up for Ricky, uh, but you need another option as well. So Arliss Boardingham could be an X factor, but I'm always going to go with Trey. I like that. So, yeah, I still need another receiver to emerge. Uh, Khalil Jackson. 
is 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 reliable with his hands. He's gonna make some good catches, but I need somebody on one of these young boys that's not Eugene Wilson. I don't know what's up with Andy Gene's health. I haven't been following that mm-hmm. too closely, but the uh the snaps just haven't been there on depending on when you're looking at the depth chart. You know, he may be fourth on that thing sometimes, but I need another receiver to emerge. Caleb Douglas went out, that was a blow to us, I think, as far as going downfield. Uh, I don't know who that could be. You feel me? Um, I'm gonna go X Factor. It's, you got to go Otis him or Trey Wilson at this point. Those are the two guys that you know have been difference makers. That isn't mm-hmm. Pearsall or Etienne, the guys that mm-hmm. we know that have proven themselves. So I'm gonna go with Big Eight. Mm-hmm. No, that's a good one. Um, I want to give a shout out to Hayden Hut or Hanson touchdown against Georgia. Uh, nice little touchdown. Um, yeah, that's I a think big boy, he, man. Like I don't yeah. think people realize how big he is. That's a that's a big kid. Yeah, looking, but looking at the um, the receptions per game and the way that the the Gators distribute the ball, it's six point three receptions per game for Ricky, six point two for Eugene Wilson, two point four for Arliss, and then everybody else's low twos or one. So it's it's kind of hard for me to look at an X factor here, other than the uh, the couple guys that you just named. Uh, there, so I'll go with Hayden Hansen. Maybe we get him another touchdown uh, this week. Another open, continue to open up some receiving threats out of that that tight end position. Uh, let's go to defense, Nick. Who do you got on defense? Princely, like get home. Like he had a really good game against Georgia. I think he had ten tackles. Mm-hmm. Um, he had one of the three pressures Florida was able to get um, wow. against Georgia. Um, like we're seeing the last of Prince. Like I, I totally expect him to declare for the draft. Like mm-hmm. out of here, go out. And, I don't know. I don't know if we'll play in the bowl game, but like go out and get your team to a bowl game. Um, if if we're talking about like someone who covers Arkansas, just came in here and was like, KJ Jefferson has been dragged, thrown around the field, sacked a ton. You need to not be the team that changes that. Mm-hmm. Um, you did that against South Carolina. Uh, we're able to get to Spencer Rattler a little bit. So uh, defense, I'll go with Princely Uma Mielin. Uma Mielin. Sounds wrong. Gary Danielson was having a lot of trouble with that. You think he me? <laughs> <laughs> so could you got for defensive X Factor? Give me Kelby, man. Okay. I'm going to keep going with one of these young pass rushes. I need somebody to emerge, bro, especially before the Florida State game, before we get mm-hmm. those guys uh, into our building. Uh, we we need somebody to affect the passer. Um, Princely got 10 tackles. Like, good for him. He's going to get drafted. Like, everybody got yeah. all this, this stuff. He's going to get drafted, I think, first round type, type stuff, mm-hmm. man. He, like he's gonna go, he's only gonna get better when he go work out. When he put on yeah. underwear and you know, like he's just gonna be more impressive uh when it's time to do weights and and, and do all the workouts. So um, but he's just not getting to the, the quarterback and affecting the pass uh w- the way we need him to, you know what I'm saying? Like I know you just can't put all that on one player. That's not fair. Like you got uh four, sometimes six guys you're rushing that's just not getting to the to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. But I, I just gotta get more reps with my younger guys. Give me, give me Kelby. Um, we gotta get somebody. I think this is gonna be a game where 
I think we can go up two scores on this team, and then yeah. you get more opportunities with some of your young boys like Kelby Collins to see if he could just win some one-on-ones in the trenches. But, I mean, Shamar is banged up. Scooby hasn't been playing up to par mm-hmm. of his first, how he started the season. Uh, my secondary, my corners, just Jalen Kimber's not doing it. I need more Devin mm-hmm. Moore back there. Uh, Marshall's not doing it. Wouldn't mind some, mm-hmm. some, uh, some Jackson on, on the other corner, like, Spark that up. Like, bench somebody, flop out my corners. But I can't go with either one of those guys. They're not playing great. So, to me, it's either Castell mm-hmm. on the back end or I go with Kelby. And I'll just go with Kelby just for, you know, keep his name in the mix. Me, mm-hmm. Kelby Collins. I'm eventually oh, on it. You're eventually do it. That's right. And then you can go back and say, hey, I called it. Right? I said it every week, but it happened this week, you know. Let's get uh, your predictions, Nick. Gators win, lose, score prediction. Um, yeah, let me give me the Gators. Okay. For bowl eligibility. And 3124. 3124. Okay. 3124. So I like that. This is 3124. Just retweet it. I'm gonna go. No, I'm not gonna retweet it. Give me give me 3117. 3117. I'll go Gators win 28 to 17. 28 to 17. And finally, uh, this is uh a big game for the Gators in terms of them wearing black uniforms. Uh the game is at noon at Ben Hill Griffin. Um, so please go. Uh know that they are doing it for the troops and to raise money for our, our for the veterans. So please make sure that you are going to support the team. Game is at noon. Would love a rack raucous crowd as well. Silk, you have song of the week to take us out of here. All right, I'm trying to figure out where I want to go with, but I'm gonna go with Rex Life Raj featuring Dane Dollar Hook Mitchell. Hook Perfect. Mitchell. Awesome. Hey, I'm in Gainesville this weekend, man. Uh, y'all pull up, we vlogging heavy, gonna be shooting, filming, hopping from tailgate to tailgate. It's a nooner, so you know, we got to get it early and get to it fairly. You know, seven, eight o'clock in the morning. We're gonna have the cameras rolling. So hey, hit my DMs, you know. Find me if you're already cool with me. You got my number, text me, but we filming, we hanging out. Uh, and then we'll be back for the Florida State game as well. And also we announced the golf tournament uh for the Florida Florida State game. It's gonna be at Ironwood. Uh we'll drop all the details and the event bright link for that tomorrow, which is Tuesday. Uh, if you're listening on Spotify, Apple. Go like us on YouTube if you're listening to us on those platforms. We need those likes and subscribers. So go like and subscribe on YouTube. All right, General. We'll see you at the same corner and same time next week. Thanks, everybody, for joining, and we will see you next week.
I was good at figuring shit out. I never asked niggas for too much. Show and prove, my nigga, you over there talking too much. How could I take advice from a nigga don't really do much? How could I take advice from niggas with nothing to lose? Cause you got a life you wanna have, you gotta choose it. You gotta choose to let some niggas go that you was cool with. You give your heart to the wrong people and they misuse it. The same ones who don't check on you when you going through shit. Win, win, then I went again and reproduced it. Step into my greatness like a Jordan 1, nigga, and a true fit. Feeling like hoes with the blueprint. You was focused on them and I was focused on improvement. Okay. Pride can't relate if you don't wanna be great. Foot on the pedal like the Tessie when I'm on the freeway. Look where we came from and then look at what we became. Now it all aligns for me yeah. Only difference between me and a lot of niggas is I kept going yeah. Life got hard, I still step forward yeah. Let go of the shit I used to stress over Hook Mitchell, nigga, look at what I let go I had to walk in my greatness To step in my greatness I had to walk in my greatness To step in my They told me I couldn't, so then I had to Out here going nuts like a cashew Yeah, cause they was hating on the player Before this private flight, it was the stairs All the shit I seen, I could easily gave up The it up in my shit is the reason they paid up 500 million later, believe we the same us Ain't no shit that you can pitch to a nigga to change up I kept going when most would come to a halt I come with principle-isms that can't be bought It's a different type of cloth Decipher what you need from what you taught You can fish but what you caught, yeah I'm the one who been the one, but they ignored me Poured into myself instead of pouring me Hook Mitchell vibes, how I'm soaring Adjusted from all the failures that came before me Big money came, but it was never about the chicken Every trip around the sun, I see the strength and how I listen Once a bad boy, now I'm all about my business I get 50 on the pistons and that energy consistent Look at where we came from, big stepping game duck Always serving purpose, fuck I look like being lame duck I knew that I was the one and I stood ten toes I look in the mirror, committed, bitch, what is hitting for? Only difference between me and a lot of niggas is I kept going Life got hard, I still step forward Let go of the shit I used to stress over Hook mental nigga, look at what I let go I had to walk in my greatness To step in my greatness With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.